Good morning. Hey, Seattle. As always, it's your girls, Jasmine and Shantae. Welcome to another Thursday morning and another episode of The Way with Jazz and Tay. We'll be bringing you lots of laughs and class to get you ready for the day and the weekend ahead. Will it be the way or not the way? Find out and join the conversation. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Way with Jazz and Tay. It's your girl, Jazz and Shantae. And we are excited for this week's episode because we have another very special guest on with us. Yes. So we have Dane Reese, who is also a podcaster. He, um, you've had your podcast just for only a year. I was just Not realizing. Even. Just like you just started it, right? Yeah, uh, mid-June. Yes, wow. he started mid-June, you guys, but he has about 123 episodes already. And I'm Jeez. like, he's where have you working. found the time? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Okay, and yeah, then also, I'm out. you record every day, though, also, right? I don't record every day. I batch my recording. So I record now. I record two days a week. And okay. Yeah. That is a really good method. Yeah. Okay, we're not even in that segment yet. I know, right? I want to know all about that. <laughs> um, but on top of being a podcaster, he really got his expertise in the niche for his podcast from his uh, long-term professional career as an entertainer. Um, 60 years singing, dancing, and acting all around the world. Like, mm. hello. Yeah, right? I've only, <laughs> I've only ever done that here and barely, <laughs> barely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just really wanted to know, like the Vegas shows, what Vegas shows were you in? I've actually been a couple of times and I'm like, I wonder if I've seen a few of your shows. Maybe. Well, here's the thing with Vegas. It, that place changes all the right. time. Oh my shows gosh. Coming and going and coming yeah. and going. Uh, so most of the shows that I've been in aren't there anymore. Uh, right. <laughs> there was Dancing Queen that closed. I was oh. the Jubilee. That was the longest running showgirl show. If you ever saw okay. that. That closed a handful of years ago. Uh, most recently, I was in Baz. It was at the Palazzo. Mm. It's after, you know, the movie director Baz Luhrmann. He did mm -hmm. Moulin Rouge, Great Gatsby. Okay. Uh, Moulin Rouge is one of my favorite movies. Great Gatsby is yeah. one of mine. Look at that. Okay. And then Romeo and Juliet, the one with Leonardo oh, DiCaprio. Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio. The yes. Yeah. I, had, <laughs> I had a would you rather question that was Leonardo DiCaprio based, and I'm really sad I didn't keep it now. <laughs> That would have been awesome. Yeah, so we took the three stories of those movies, the love stories, okay. and meshed them all into this one like 1920 steampunk world. We had top hats and uh, like, what do we call them? Like just skinny jeans, combat oh boots. God. It was cool. Yeah, it was really an awesome show. So there was death and, and love and romance. There was all the things. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone died at the end except for one guy. Love it. Oh, That's my kind of story. <laughs> wow. That's so, uh, so Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Um, okay, so wow, I loved that introduction. That was high energy, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I almost feel like we don't even need to do an icebreaker, but we're still gonna do it because Let's that's go. what Let's we go. do. Um, usually to kick the show off, Dane, we like to do an icebreaker to loosen everyone up, and we like to do it centered around, you know, whoever the guest is. I I couldn't think of anything, however. <laughs> I did think it would be cool to hear your most memorable casting call or like um, maybe like first day on the job, like just something that was like either really bad or really good, like the most memorable. Uh, 
<laughs> okay, I've got I've got a good story for one. So, um, I can tell the story about the first show that I booked in Vegas, and it wasn't even really necessarily the biggest show that I've booked, but it kind of solidified my relationships and my, made my foundation in that market. Or I can talk about a show I nearly well. I kind of did miss, but not really. <laughs> I kind of want to hear that. Yes. Let's do that one. Okay. And action. Oh, this story. I haven't told this story. I haven't told this story on a podcast or live or anything, just to friends. Oh, I love. <laughs> here we go. Here we now go. I'm excited. Right. <laughs> okay. So I went to the Boston Conservatory and uh, graduated there moved to New York and in that summer after I had graduated still had some friends that were in Boston and I was living in New York living in Brooklyn I had booked this brand new equity showcase show or uh, it's a show that they're trying to to get good actors to come in and try to workshop it and make it happen they have a bit of a performance so the okay. idea is hey are there investors is it does this have a life mm -hmm. bigger than this you know right so we're doing this show and it was called Genesius. And <laughs> we had had a run of shows already. And we had a handful of days off. So I head back to Boston because there's nothing for me to do in New York at the time. So I oh, went back goodness. to Boston just for a few days to hang out with my friend Ryan. Mm -hmm. And we were sitting there one morning and, of course, had been up way too late the night before. <laughs> and in my backpack, just in like the little mesh pocket in the front, there was a little flyer for my show. Right. And I just happened to walk by it and I just saw it and I looked at the date. And I was like, hmm. Looked at my phone. I was like, <gasps> and it was like nine in the morning, eight or nine in the morning. And I go, Ryan, I'm like, I have a show tonight in New York. And he goes, oh, we gotta go. We gotta go. We gotta go. We started freaking out. This was before iPhones. I mean, the iPhone mm -hmm, I think had just right. come out, basically. Mm -hmm. So we got our regular phones. We call our other roommate who had gone home. He's living in California, three hours behind us. We oh, call geez. him. We're like, Daniel, you have to wake up. Get on your laptop. Start looking for flights. We're leaving oh. the house. And then he's trying to look for flights, finding flights. We go uh, into it. We get into a taxi. We get to the T station, like the subway, the mm -hmm. tram area. Right. We get there. And we figure out, look, flights can't do it. It's not going to work. Like, oh, my gosh. We're going to go to the train station. Let's go to the train station. We go to the train station. I go, I need the first ticket to New York. Fastest train, anything. And right. they go, uh, yep, it's that one. And literally, like the movies. It's it pulling off. Pulled away from <laughs> no. You have to be kidding me. <laughs> no, this train. And we're like, well. It's the Chinatown bus then. So there we go. Oh my gosh. We go get a $10 ticket, the Feng Hua bus, get there. <laughs> and I, he puts me on the bus and I just sat on this bus trying to read, trying to do anything to distract myself for this entire yeah. journey. Oh yeah. my gosh. Four or five hour journey, right, to New York City. I would read entire chapters in this book and go, oh, what did, what did I just read? Just read, right? Right, right. Oh my gosh. And yeah. I just, stared out into the abyss of like what oh is happening oh my gosh all and the so producers what time did, was the show supposed to start that day i want to say it was like a 4 p.m show or something oh like that. man oh, I would oh i'm stressed yes. <laughs> i'm stressed yeah. it was like morning, like, i was in another state in another city yes. like, a long ways away oh my god i would have been and sick <laughs> i, I kind of was it was not good <laughs> it was the worst most traumatic 
handful of hours of my life. Call the producer. And he's one of one of the producers freaks out. He's like, what am I supposed to do? And the other guy's like, well, let's just give you some notes right now and talk about what you could do better in your next show. It's like, <laughs> great. And I get there. We get into Chinatown. Get off the bus in Chinatown. Get into a taxi. I'm like, get to 23rd and 2nd now. And he goes, boom. I got my luggage. I pull it in there. And I get to the theater. I run up the stairs. They've already preset my clothes in the lobby of the theater. Well, that's nice. I've thrown all my clothes off, jump into my costume, right. go backstage, and I was very lucky because my role didn't enter into about until about 25, 30 minutes into the show. <sighs> Stood backstage, and I literally had about 35 seconds. Took a deep breath, walked on stage like nothing happened. Dude! <laughs> No, that's incredible. My anxiety was through the roof that entire story. Oh my god! I was like, it can't get worse. I don't recommend anyone do that. (laughs) Oh (laughs) my god! But you made it. Like you. I did make it. it. I did make it. In the end, it was all good. Oh my god! That's a great story. And all the cast looked at me. They're like, ah. Because <laughs> they were not no expecting. Me to come yeah, no. yeah. Did you have an understudy? No. The, oh my goodness. One of the producers was literally just going to go out on stage with say the your book lines and stand in for me and read the lines. That oh my god. That was the solution. Oh my so god. It was really good that I showed up. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that was a great story. I couldn't even imagine. You know, the so, fact the, the planes, the trains. Yeah. The, the train is where I would have like started crying probably. Yeah. It was it was literally like a movie. You yeah. could have planned this stuff. <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, you have to be kidding. Yeah. This happens in real life too. Like everything was set against you. You weren't supposed to make it, but you did. I right? did. Yes. I love that. So <laughs> I was going to have us tell uh, casting call stories, but I don't even want to top that. Like, I know. I have nothing that's going to ever I don't, top that. No, like that was just so high anxiety. I cannot believe um, that happened to you. And, re- but like, yeah, also that's no. amazing that you made it. Like, I didn't think that's where the story was going. Yeah. It's only worth telling because I made it. <laughs> yes. No, right. To go through that's all true. of that and then to not have it happen. That's uh, true. That yeah. would, I would go immediately then to a bar. And just drink. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I certainly had a couple of drinks after that one. That like, one. I would take a moment to decompress, just sit there, like, wow, the day. <laughs> the that day happened. I've had. All of yeah. that happened. No, I've, never, I've, I've not had anything, not anything near as that. Um, I one time was doing like a dance piece audition and I just completely like forgot the choreography. Oh no. I froze. Oh, I that's choked. Terrifying. Yeah, I have. That's and terrifying. It's, and it's crazy because I loved the piece. It was an emotional kind of like piece. And I don't know what. I just got out there and it, it left. It, it left. It completely left oh me. My God. I Look, just, you do this. You do this a, career too, like long enough. Everyone has that. That happens. At yeah. Some point. Oh, man. You know, it got really crazy. So a lot of my career, I started swinging. Do you know what swinging is? Like swing dancing? Swing dancing? <laughs> no. So, yes, but no. Uh, <laughs> So that is when, okay, so there's your cast, right? And right. there's all these different dance tracks or acting tracks, different roles, right? Um, right. And there's a swing that learns all of them. Okay. So if someone goes down, someone's on vacation, something like this, you got to move around. So you, so you have all the different roles in your head mm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I've done loads of that. So it's crazy. So I'll have like, there's one time in Vegas, I was performing in five different shows in 11 different tracks on the strip all at the same time 
just wow. depended on the night that what I might be doing, right? Yeah. So what's crazy with the blanking thing, I got to the point where I couldn't even think about the choreography or what I had to do on stage because it would freak me out. Uh, I get too stressed out yes. about what was coming up in yes. front of me. So I just stopped thinking about it. And I would be on this, like in the wings, ready to go on. And honestly, I couldn't tell you what I was supposed to do next. <laughs> right. Almost ever. Yeah. I just go, yep, it's in my brain. Yeah, I'm here. You know, it's <laughs> It'll gonna... happen. I know exactly. it's in there. <laughs> and just trusting your body and just walking out on stage. And then yeah. it does. Everything happens. Muscle memory. Yes. It's supposed to happen. But whew, it took a long time to... <laughs> trust my brain i get i can't even imagine seriously i was gonna tell the story about um i was auditioning for seattle fashion week i don't even know how many years ago but i went to the audition you know everything was great came came in came out and i realized i'd locked i locked my no actually that's not how it went at all (laughs) (laughs) pause rewind take two so I locked my keys in the car before the audition had even started. Oh. So, and back in the day, I don't know why. I actually I still do this. This Not is like a thing that she does. She I does lock this. my keys in my car or I leave them in my house. Like I just <laughs> so like it's it's a thing. Like I have a problem with keys. I don't know. I have a problem but, with sunglasses. Ah, <laughs> uh, see. Losing sunglasses. Yeah. And so I locked my keys in my car and I was like, I can't think about that right now. I'm gonna go to do this audition and then worry about that when I come out. Yep. So did the audition, that was over, and I was like, All right, I have to figure out what I'm gonna do now. But um the gag is I didn't tell you guys this before. I'd also locked my phone in the car. Oh. So I didn't have my keys, I didn't have my phone. And I was like, I don't know who to call right now. (laughs) So, right, (laughs) right, right. So I'm like asking the people around me, like, can I use your phone, please, to like call like a locksmith or my parents or whoever. Um, And luckily, there's like far more to the story than we have time for. But like, I didn't get in touch with my parents. And they told me that, you know, our insurance does free uh, locksmith if you just call them. And I was like, well, that's great. But I don't know what their phone number is. So if I can just get, it was just a whole mess, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. But my keys did get unlocked after I stood out in the rain for like two hours. Aww. Did you get the audition? No I did not get cast. <laughs> <She> did. <laughs> uh. <laughs> So yeah, love it, love it. Now that's a day that just didn't need to happen. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Like the 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 experience of going to a casting call like that was yeah. amazing. But it was just like everything else that happened. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> wow. But that is our most memorable casting call segment. We are going to hop into a quick two to three minute break. And when we get back, we are actually going to talk to Dane more about his podcast and what inspired it. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Way. Barbara Streisand. Hey, Seattle. Tune in to The Way with Jazz and Tay every Thursday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. We'll be bringing you lots of laughs and class to get you ready for the day and the weekend ahead. We have something for everyone. From Song of the Week, where we'll introduce you to local Seattle artists, to the quirky games that we play for that little pick-me-up to get you through your morning commute. Again, that's The Way with Jazz and Tay every Thursday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Way Jazz and Tay and on Twitter at The Way JT. See 
see you guys on Thursday. Don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff. We support thinking for yourself on Alternative Talk 1150. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Way with Jazz and Tay. Before the break, we did our most memorable casting call experience. Dan had an amazing story. Yes. Don't even know why we shared. I feel like I was there. <laughs> I Seriously? felt everything he Yes, felt. <laughs> I did. I felt the stress, the anxiety, Woo! all of it. Man. Um, <laughs> but now we're... that victory, that dub yes. that you got, like yeah. you made it there. <laughs> all worthwhile. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Um, now we're going to go ahead and jump into um, our discussion of your podcast, find a little bit more about it. Um, yeah. It's it's called the You Booked It podcast. Yes. And um, you create and host it. And you what you do is you interview successful entertainers and they share their journey with you about like the industry and kind of like fundamentals related to it and yeah. how they how they became successful. Yeah. So the idea came about because of my own experience in the industry, right? So I went to the Boston Conservatory, which at the time was ranked the number one school in the country for musical theater. And then uh, I left with $120,000 of student debt and not really knowing how to use my skill set. I had this great oh skill set. But you're like, the stuff no one teaches you, right? Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Now I'm in the real world. How do I make this skill set that I've got work for me in the real world. And of course, I figured it out clearly. And a lot of us do figure it out. But there's so much that can be circumvented if you could just have these conversations yeah. with people that have been there, done that, and help these aspiring entertainers or also entertainers that are currently in the industry. But maybe they've been in it for a while and say they're a dancer and the body's breaking down. And you're like, I can't compete with this 22-year-old anymore. And my body hurts too much. I need to find something else to do, need a transition in my career, but I also don't want to sell insurance. I want to be in right. the arts. I right. want to be performing arts. What still fulfills me? So having conversations with people that have had those transitions in their careers, have done it successfully, have found more fulfillment because the industry is huge, right? It's, mm -hmm. right? it's more than just dancing, more than just singing in musical theater or film. There's you know, hair and makeup, there's editorial, there's photography, there's marketing, there's everything on the whole production side so a lot of people never even think that those things exist or even know that they exist when they start going to this industry so the podcast helps shed light on a lot of that but one of the interesting parts about the podcast is that i ask the same set of questions right. to every single guest mm, so, to yield different perspective exactly so it's about how different people answer the exact same questions yeah and right. i did that because as much as I love having, I love open form, long form interviews, my mission with the podcast was to be very purposeful and be like, how do people extract the most amount of actionable insight that they can apply to their careers right now wow. consistently? So by keeping it consistent on my end, you already know what, you're like, I, I know what Dane's gonna say. What, what are they gonna do? Yeah, so right. it makes it easier to pull that information out of each episode so you can apply it to your career. And when you start hearing the same things again and again and again from different entertainers in different parts of the industry, you start realizing, hey, these are fundamentals that I really need to pay attention to. And I really need to actually be applying to my career because I've heard 104 people say the same thing. Or right. maybe it's someone that's in the hair and makeup. Uh, I had a Danny Katz. She was one of the very first interviews I did. 
and she does editorial hair and makeup in LA for film, TV, music videos, all sorts of stuff. Wow. But she started off in musical theater, right? But she mm-hmm. found that. But she also gave so many really great niche golden nuggets for the LA market for editorial hair and makeup. Yeah, you know? so, right. So wanting that, then listen to that episode. Yeah, and for sure. Yeah. That's what it's I'm about. Have to check that one out. I know. I'm. I'm like, oh, that's a little nugget that I might need to check out. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I think it's episode three. Okay. Okay, cool. I absolutely love um, what you're doing with your podcast. And it's actually extremely inspiring because it's like, I feel like, for instance, Jasmine wants to act. And I feel like it's one of those things where we're like, okay, well, how can we make that happen? And it's not easy finding those resources Mm -hmm. or like that knowledge out there, especially where we live in Seattle. There's not, there is a no, it's just, well, it's, there's not really an entertainment industry in Seattle. But it's not, also not the same way like New York or, or right. Vegas is, but you've got like exactly. the Fifth Avenue Theater, you know, Paramount, um, exactly. all that stuff. Yeah, you got some yeah. big stuff going on there. Yes. So like plays, if you want to do that right, kind of right. acting, like, but also yeah, like the theater kind of stuff. Yeah, it's different. And like, and that's what you were saying too. Like when you went to Vegas and that helped solidify your relationships once you like started booking certain things. I feel like it's similar to like out here too. If I was into that and I got into that a little bit mm. more, then that would be different. I also think that relationship yeah. building is huge. Im- yeah, is important in any it's, situation. It's paramount. it's paramount in this industry because when you're in shows and you're in the theater or even the productions that are shorter, you tend to work with the same people a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's because right. people want to work with the people that they know do good work. People don't want right. to have to babysit you. People want to know you're going to bring good energy every single day. And relationships are everything. Absolutely. Like I said, I had, I had performed in nine different shows on the Las Vegas Strip, but I only open called audition for two of them. Wow. That's oh, it. Wow. Everything else was either a private audition or mm-hmm. I was literally just called and be like, hey, we, we have, have a spot. Role. Yeah. Wow. You want to come check it out? And that's it. And, and the only reason that happens is because I do good work and I'm good to work with. Yeah. Right. That's absolutely. Mm. Well, that <laughs> answers one of the other questions. Best <laughs> advice. <laughs> um, I guess what has been your favorite episode to record or your favorite guest thus yeah, far and you've got a lot so Ooh, yeah I do have a lot. <laughs> like is there i guess on top of that the reason why i'm asking that is like has there been anybody else who's kind of like taught you something new or like have this, you this. Uh, yeah. kind of felt refreshed or inspired by one of your episodes you've recorded yeah um i guess with the with starting with the guest so gosh it's really difficult because there's so many really good ones um there's a really good, one of my favorite interviews is with Jose Luis Lopez. He is a musical theater performer, actor, singer. He has been in In the Heights on Broadway. He's in the upcoming movie uh, In the Heights. And okay. his story is amazing, but his mindset about the industry and how to work and to build those relationships and network and everything is so insightful. It's really great. And to do it at a high caliber level. Uh, is fantastic. There's an episode that's coming up on November 1st that is going to be really great. It's with Stephanie Clemens. She Mm -hmm. is the associate choreographer and and the dance captain of Hamilton on Broadway. So anybody that comes into Hamilton, she teaches them the show. And she's amazing. And everything she has to offer is gold. 
That is so cool. Ooh, a nugget. I know, right? Looking out for that one. Jose Luis Lopez. Yes. And, yep. oh, shoot. Well, I can't remember the episode three. Episode three. Episode three. Danny Katz. Danny yeah. Katz. Then Danny Katz. Look, I'm like, I don't know. You got to take the notes. <laughs> notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so are you a full-time podcaster at this point or are you also still working in the industry as well um or maybe are you have you turned more mentor to kind of pair with your podcast mm -hmm. yeah so it's i still do it all right i do the podcasting with the industry the way it is right now the entertainment industry specifically there's not a whole lot going on in our world professionally because mm -hmm. covid uh right. for that reason i'm primarily podcasting right but i am still very much in the industry both on the performance side both and the corporate production side and the other side of the table right so i'm still in and amongst that and then as well as like speaking and things like this so right still all of it got it got it very cool was was covid what kind of like gave you the push to start when you did start like did you have yeah time? i yeah. mean i had the time it's one of those things right. that i had been throwing around for a while and here's i had the idea of really creating the podcast came because, like I said with my story, but I first started with creating a talk, right? That I was going to different schools or performing arts programs, excuse me, and I would share my insights that I've learned through my career, right? And how to transition, fill that gap between training and the real world. But I realized, I'm like, as, as great as I think my talk is and what I can offer a program, it's still only me, right? Mm -hmm. It's only my personal experience. If I could talk to more people, we can get a better picture of what it really takes to make it in this industry and from so many different parts of the industry. And that's what really prompted me to do the podcast. I really love that. Same. <laughs> I think that's really awesome. How do you keep the conversation going? Like, I know that you said you have a specific set of questions, but like, do you ever, yeah. have you ever had a struggle with somebody who might not necessarily like interview well, or is like kind of shy? And how do you keep things going in, in those situations? 100%. I mean, luckily I'm interviewing entertainers. <laughs> so the benefit to entertainers is that people will, mess something up right and that's fine or you'll stumble over your words and i make it very clear in the episode like look this is pre-recorded if you need to if you stumble over something you need to go back redo a section you're not happy with it do it i'm gonna chop it up tighten it up make you sound good and so they have that like that bit of stress can be removed from them yeah but also it's that entertainers are great because you can say oh do it again and they'll deliver it just like they did yeah. with full energy and face the second, third, fourth time again and again and again. So it's really convenient, I guess, that I am in interviewing entertainers, but not everyone is a stage performer or entertainer yeah. on my podcast. I've got authors, I've got musicians, I've got uh, people that are on the other side of the table, right? So wow. those people bring different energies as right. well. Right. Some people, you can tell they're, you know, they're not as comfortable speaking on a podcast and that's totally cool. And I did find it a bit challenging at first, but I, over the last hundred or so episodes of recording, I felt like I've gotten a bit better at navigating the conversation as a podcaster and as a host and trying to give prompts subtly, you know, and ask mm -hmm. questions that lead things into to get people to talk. So I found that skill increase for myself, which has been pretty cool. Yeah. 
No, that's a good way to look. I know it's like taking notes for us too. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, jot, jot, jot. I'm literally typing over here. I'm trying to like, I'm listening, but I'm also like, okay, he's saying this right now. Take all these notes down. Um, literally. Um, I wanted to know a little bit more like on the podcasting front and you're, would you say you're doing it kind of part-time? Yeah, since you're doing uh, everything else as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of time to do it, but yeah. Right, so is the hope for it to, I know I already asked you like if it's full-time, but like, sorry. With a podcast, it can become a business. And so of I course. wanted to know the differences between being, you know, an entrepreneur and an entertainer. Are they kind of one and the same because of the hustle? Yeah, I think they're very interrelated. And yes, with the podcast, the, the goal is to monetize the podcast in the future. Yeah, 100%, because it does take a lot of time, mm -hmm. uh, and it's incredible amounts of value, you know what I mean? And at the same time, it's all free, right? So, But I'm also being very choosy about the way I want to monetize. It'll only be um, brands or products or services that I personally uh, either use or really, truly believe in. Mm. So it'll only be stuff that I'm offering my audience that I know the audience will actually get value from. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'm choosy with that when I'm going to move forward, but it's, it's okay. You know, it, it's a lot of value for free. So I don't think there's anything <laughs> wrong with monetizing. <laughs> no, but absolutely. as far as, uh, the parallels between entrepreneurship and being an entertainer, hundred percent. I think, a lot of people will think, oh, artists are just these right brain people that are just creative and are completely hopeless when it comes to business. Yeah. Um, and some are. And that is can be a big struggle for us as entertainers is that financial side and the business side of things. But the reality right. is, is that I think it's more empowering for entertainers to realize, hey, you already have like 99% of what the skill set of an entrepreneur or a business owner. You just have to make the connection because... In our industry, we have so much failure all the time. Mm -hmm. We always have to hustle. So we we have to always be adjusting and figuring out where our... So, so we're the product and service, right? That we're selling. Right, right. And if you think of it that way, we have to find our market. We have to find out where our talents can be most served, our best Useful. Used, right? Right. So that's very similar to being a business owner or an entrepreneur, right? And you have to try different tactics. You have to try different markets, figure out where you belong until you find something that hits, right? Also, we're very okay with risk, generally speaking, calculated risk. Right. But if you're gonna be a professional entertainer, you're also signing up and being okay with not having a regular paycheck, not having health insurance, not having a 401k. Like that's all you, that's on you, right? right. Mm -hmm. And you have to be willing to take that on. And for a lot of the friends that I know personally that are not entertainers, the prospect of that is terrifying, right? Right. But for me, that's just life. And I don't, that's how I like life. And I've learned how to thrive in that. So that's also what an entrepreneur does. They're throwing themselves out there, taking their idea and making something happen with it. There's no guarantees. Mm -hmm. But we have a lot of confidence and a lot of faith that what we're bringing to the table has value and people will want it and there'll be a market for it. Mm. It's just preach. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I love, I love all of this. Thank you so much. Um, I just like, I feel like I keep, I'm like, 
don't even know what to ask because you're so well spoken. So it's like you're answering all my other questions <laughs> as we go. No, I'm like, it's, no, it's great. It is so great. <laughs> um, what do you think is the best marketing strategy for for a podcast, let alone yours? Mm. And like, where have you seen success with mm. that? For marketing for the podcast or for entertainers or for you for your podcast for my, for the podcast mm -hmm. yeah so when i first went out i really just kind of threw it out there i you know social media accounts kind of everywhere and you know here there everywhere right and i've done other entrepreneurial things in the past and created other businesses and things like this that have made money but were never really scalable or weren't going anywhere i'm like all right next so um I've all, like this, I have all this social media presence and I was going everywhere with the podcast and was realizing, okay, well, where, where are my people, right? Mm -hmm. I got to throw it out right. there and realized that they're really only on Instagram. Pretty right. Much. Mm. So I've, in the last couple of weeks, I've, I would call it really kind of a relaunch in the last couple of weeks. I've rebranded everything. I redid my logo, made it more, made it pop more. So Mm. It's more obvious what it's about, more definitive in my summary, my bio and things like this about what the podcast is. And I've really just focused solely on Instagram and Facebook because it's so tied. But as far as marketing on Facebook, I think it's I think while it's good to do because it's there and it's easy through Instagram because they're so connected. Mm -hmm. Look, if you've got a business page, if you're not pumping money into your Facebook business page, no one's seeing it anyway because yeah. that's the right. way the algorithm works. Yeah. You're going to get more organic search on Instagram versus Facebook. I feel um, that. Also, I will also post on, uh, I do a LinkedIn Pulse story, but then really I do that because I also do transcriptions of the episodes. So I will do a LinkedIn Pulse story. I was posting my audiograms and stuff like that on LinkedIn, but there's no engagement there for my audience. But right. I do the LinkedIn Pulse primarily for SEO purposes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's really it. Uh, but really, I'm really focused on Instagram. And it's really about having being really communicative with my audience or with, with the audience, but also the guests that I have on the show. Right. So I'm very detailed in the onboarding of when people come on. They know exactly what to expect. Mm -hmm. um, I have follow-up emails. I have thank you emails. I have like... For instance, after you come on and you have an interview with me, I do a little story of the transcript and who I had on the story and said, hey, just wrapped up this interview with this person, tag them, everything. And then I do teaser videos of, hey, this video, this person's coming up. So as much as possible, I try to get in front of people again and again and again so they don't forget that their interview is going live um, or, you know, that they want to share it, you know, maybe see that I'm putting a lot of effort into trying to pump them up. So mm -hmm. then they go, oh, you know what? Let me share this as well. Of course, you can't control everyone. And some people are big sharers and other people aren't. And that's okay. Um, <laughs> but I think it's... I have a hard time shutting up personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's just being consistent and being really helpful and being genuine to people. And that's that's been working. That's awesome. Well, Dane, thank you so much for sharing um, all of those great podcasting tips. We are going to hop into another two to three minute break and we're going to kind of just like continue this conversation, um, but we're going to talk more about how you can succeed in the entertainment industry um, and what it's looking like right now with COVID-19. Um, but let's go ahead and hop into that break. You are listening to The Way with Jazz and Tay. I wouldn't want to have it in 
just can't get enough. I just can't get enough. I just can't get enough. I just can't get enough. Hey, Seattle. Tune in to The Way with Jazz and Tay every Thursday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. We'll be bringing you lots of laughs and class to get you ready for the day and the weekend ahead. We have something for everyone. From Song of the Week, where we'll introduce you to local Seattle artists, to the quirky games that we play for that little pick-me-up to get you through your morning commute. Again, that's The Way with Jazz and Tay every Thursday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Way Jazz and Tay and on Twitter at The Way JT. See you guys on Thursday. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to The Way with Jazz and Tay. Before the break, we kind of grilled Dane a little bit about his podcast and got a lot of really good insightful information and tips. So thank you so much for that. My (laughs) Um, pleasure. Now we're going to go ahead and we're going to continue the conversation, switching gears a little bit to touch more on like uh, the entertainment industry and um, what your knowledge is behind that. Um, first, we did kind of touch on COVID already, but um, as far as like it affecting it, like we know that people are still like filming. Like I, I watched The Masked Singer and they're, right. they're, they're still doing I want to know how they're doing that. Yeah, you know, and it's like, it's funny because I see that they're socially distancing, but then there's certain times when like you see the hosts running by each other and it's like, uh, on TV, guys, come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> but um, has, has that affected any like projects or things that you've been working on? Like how... Like, did that stop anything for you? What does that look like as far as like moving forward? Do you know? Because it's still kind of like in a weird limbo. Yeah, the entertainment industry is hands down, I think, one of the most impacted industries. Absolutely. In COVID, because, I mean, hospitality and entertainment. I think Vegas has a twenty-five plus percent unemployment rate right now. Mm-hmm. So it's the largest in the country. That's the last stat I read, which was a while back. It, but it makes sense, right? The whole right. city. Oh, yeah. That's all it is, is entertainment right. and hospitality. Yeah. So right. it's not like out of left field. But yeah, my entire year, I had a crazy busy year between mm-hmm. doing a bunch of corporate work, performance work, everything. Mm-hmm. And over the course of a few weeks, it all went away. Every yeah. 100% of it. Right. And that's just what it is right mm-hmm, it didn't really right. freak out too much because you're like well it's happening to everybody so exactly is, right it's can't really be that upset it is what it is right i was even supposed to i had a i had a two-week gig in rome that oh, i had wow. got canceled but i found out about that gig just as covid was hitting italy okay and i was like well, i don't know if i'm gonna go right and then you know then... a few days later they're like nah the, we're the not doing that <laughs> yeah. yeah so it is what it is but what the industry is going to look like after this i don't i guess the short answer is i don't know no one does right but i ask ask a similar question to this in my podcast so i've heard everything from Mm -hmm. it's the end of live theater to we're going to come (laughs) back stronger than ever you know so i think it's somewhere in between i think there's going to be a lot of changes for sure yeah um so for instance there's a lot of digital stuff going on there's Mm readings going on in zoom there's full-on zoom productions happening so people are continuing the work and doing that there's lots of online dance zoom dance classes yep yeah voice lessons zoom whatever it might be really in the arts it's happening so that's really cool and that's encouraging 
is it going to be sustainable for uh, making money on a large scale the way like a Broadway show can? Right. I don't know. But I think it's yeah. also COVID has just fast forwarded us into the digitization of the entertainment industry. I think mm -hmm. it was always an inevitability. And now we're just yeah. trying to play catch up and make something happen of it really fast. I mean, it's even being adopted by giant companies like Disney, right? Yeah. They got Disney Plus, they got Hamilton on Disney. Uh, Diana, a new musical, is going to be streamed on Netflix. Mm. And then you've got Disney as well, kind of circumventing the entire movie theater industry. With in Mulan, general, right? yeah. So yeah. You can, it's changes in the air, right? It, yeah, things right. Things are definitely shifting. But as far as creativity and new works, I think I do think that the industry is going to be booming after this because creators are creating a lot of content and right it's now. yes right yes yeah. and i was speaking to uh his name is benjamin simpson he was uh, one of the one of the episodes can't remember the number but he's a two-time tony award-winning producer oh i love and he was saying look before covid my day-to-day -to -day took up all my time just to keep the business running i was busy from morning to night mm -hmm. right yeah now his business is basically flatlined for the time being but instead, now he has the time to read the scripts from those playwrights, listen to the music from those new composers. Mm. And that's what's going to happen. So not only is there a lot of content being created, the producers, the people that have the money, the people that have the ability to make that production something, yeah, they're also having the opportunity to read and consume that content and find some really great stories out there. So I think that's gonna really happen. And then as far as performers, Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be a huge boom there as well because there's going to be a lot of people that will simply leave the industry. Mm. They will have either been younger and said, you know what, I can't wait around. I'm not, I'm not doing this arts thing. And they're just going to not pursue the arts anymore. And that's fine. That's what they needed to do for them. And then there's going to be other people that are maybe their mid-30s early 40s that have been in the industry they've been having great successful careers they've networked themselves the work just kind of finds them mm. and it's pretty easy they don't have to mm. hustle so much yeah. anymore but then now that this is all gone some of those companies will that they worked for are going to be out of business or they're just gonna they're gonna come back to the industry when it opens up and say look i don't want to hustle anymore i'm done and they're gonna walk away which is gonna leave thousands and thousands of different opportunities right for that new generation of people to come in there and take those jobs it's gonna be a huge boom i think yeah that's awesome i've been thinking about that too actually because we've looked at how much time we've had to create more content and kind of think of different ideas and i can't even yeah. imagine like even some of our favorite like musical artists have been putting out music a and lot stuff, more you know? music and, and yeah. i was thinking about that like with concerts moving forward too like a lot of people have been having live concerts and when you can just have one live concert that everyone can stream you don't need to worry about touring and going to like different right. cities and things like right. that kind exactly. of thing i mean it's hard i love i love the streaming concerts and things like this uh it's hard like the thing that people will always lack is that in-person feeling in the in energy how do, you, how do you duplicate that energy i don't well, think you can and even artists have said that too they're like honestly performing live in front of no one is it doesn't feed me anything yeah. i don't it's get hard. anything it's really hard yeah it's really hard to put all of that because just as much as when you're on stage, just as much as you're giving all your energy out and all of your emotion out to the audience, you're also taking in energy yeah. from the audience, which yeah. helps fuel you through your performance and makes right. your performance better. So it's a two-way street for everybody. And 
it's tough to not have that. But I think it's going to be a long time, though, before we have yeah. music festivals, big arena concerts. I, I don't think those are going to be coming back anytime soon in their traditional sense. Um, but what is happening, say, in Vegas is it's going kind of back to its roots. It's going more to that cocktail lounge. That's really what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. The smaller stages. Intimate. And yeah, because you can set up a handful of tables, spread them out, get everyone a cocktail, get some food, do that kind of dinner theater thing and have people watch an incredible show. But it's on a much smaller scale. scale. Right? Yeah, and I think it's going to I think there's going to be a lot more of that kind of stuff happening, especially at first. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I want to back up a little bit to something that you said um, about, you know, digital, like going digital and, you know, there's they're putting Hamilton on like streaming services, all of that. I just wanted to kind of stay in that mind frame. Um, Now that everyone is going digital and there are entertainers and, you know, comedians popping up from like Instagram and TikTok and even Vine. would you say that social media is like as a seasoned professional would you say that social media is a great way to push out your content and yourself now um and and what do you think the best the best way to get exposure out is yeah i think would you recommend sorry social media is huge i it depends on what you're doing right you have to find where your audience is You, you have to be purposeful about what you're putting out there i don't think you don't want to just blast it out like a shotgun you know what i mean like you can do that at first and figure out where you're getting some eyeballs and some some traction mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. but i think you have to be focused on where your audience is maybe it is tiktok maybe it is instagram uh maybe it's linkedin who who freaking knows but whatever it is that you're doing and whatever you're creating and putting out there find out where your people are and then go there and i think social media is incredibly important because everyone can do it, it doesn't cost you anything but time really um of course you can spend ads and do that if you want to go down that rabbit hole but it is a platform that allows you to be discovered it's a very there's a lot of content out there it's hard to get discovered right right, right. so that's that's a real thing and i don't really know the way around that except for just do really good content and be right super- consistent right. Yeah. it's consistency and being interactive with whoever your audience might be but as far as say entertainers i think instagram is vital for mm. entertainers yeah so you have to think of instagram really as your running resume because in our world you submit for a job you go to auditions it is very common practice especially on the west coast but it's becoming a thing on the east coast too which is more traditional that they also ask for your instagram handle yep. when you audition yeah they want to see who you are as a real person but really what they're looking for is how many followers do you have? How consistently do you post content? And uh, what do you do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. No, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They want that. And they only want it for one reason. It's all marketing. It's free marketing. And that's, mm-hmm. you have to think of it as a business as well. They don't right. really care that you're posting photos. They care that you have people that care about you. Right. Because now you can, now whatever project you're on, they know you're going to, document that on social media right. and then you're going to share that with your audience and they're going to know about what you're doing and then they're going to know about that person's show it's all free marketing right so you have to think of it as a as a business in a business sense mm-hmm. so having instagram is super vital absolutely couldn't agree more <laughs> I i've only recently like kind of really 
picked up on that and and seen how much it's worked it's worked for me in in growing kind of like my audience and and things like yeah. that um what is some of the worst career advice that you have taken Ooh. Ooh. how about this the worst career advice i ever received i didn't listen to him i did it anyway that, which guess, honestly is usually what kind of happens i'm like i'm gonna do it anyways screw so, you how about they, they thought they thought they were giving me really great advice mm. i said you know what i think you're wrong and i did it anyway and it turns out to be the best thing probably any entertainer could probably do for themselves in my opinion and that was when someone said oh you should never do cruise ships and i said really i said okay because there's this or there was especially was but still even a little bit today there's this misconception that cruise ships just have these really kitschy kind of low budget whatever shows on them mm. there's production shows they're not high art and people aren't winning tonys and things like this sure sure that's maybe some of that's true right but at the same time ships are amazing i will preach everyone should go on a ship as a professional entertainer all the time forever mm. because for a lot of reasons first off you get more performance reps and experience on a stage than you're going to get pretty much anywhere there's not really a regional theater that you could go do shows in there's not broadway show that you could do that is going to give you as much variety and the performance the performance variety and style of show that you're going to get and the reps that you're going to get on stage than a ship just aren't going to get it yeah second you're traveling to beautiful places because I have yet to know of a ship that right. goes to a crappy place. You know, yeah, right? right? <laughs> that part. Third, That's all I heard. <laughs> yeah. Third, you are improving your skill set, right? And you are also getting to create a network of people in this industry. You also get a crash course to figure out if this industry is something you actually want to do. Because a lot of people enter this industry and they go, I want to sing and dance. But then when you go, ooh, do you really want to sing and dance 10 shows a week? You know, that's, that's hard. Uh, yeah. And it's not for everybody. No. And if it is for you, it's best to figure that out. Well, you want to figure that out in a six month period than wasting a decade and then figuring that out. Mm. Figure it out quickly. And so then you can move on and make better decisions for your career. And right. then also you make great money. Yeah. Because on a ship, you don't spend anything. Right. Where are you going? <laughs> you, yeah, you, the only thing you, spend on is stuff for your own pleasure you don't pay for rent you don't pay for food you don't pay for travel you don't pay for insurance you don't pay for a cell phone like nothing you don't pay for anything so you keep more of your money so it's a great way to even save up money say new york city is the thing you want to do you want to do broadway that's cool but it's also really expensive to live in new york city and to hit up every single audition every day that's right. a full-time job if right. you want to do that properly so i would recommend i mean it's a solution Get yourself on a ship, do a contract or two, save up 40,000-ish dollars, and then go to New York City with some of that money. Now you've got lots of performance experience. Yeah. You're confident and you have cash so you can actually hit the Broadway circuit. What really an Easter egg. You know, like seriously. Yo, no, that's so I wish I had met you when I graduated college. <laughs> I, I legitimately thought about joining a cruise ship. And, uh, oh, they're amazing. I think like the year I graduated, I went to the Bahamas on my very first mm. cruise. And like, mm. I was just like, this would be awesome. Like, <laughs> you just kind of like, like, I would have loved to have been a coordinator of like the like 
the decks when they're doing the shows I'm like oh my gosh you're just out here partying you're like grabbing folks out of the crowd yeah. or yeah. the shows that were there too um we loved them there was this one dancer that was fine I remember him <laughs> to this day he was just a tall drink of water but <laughs> yeah I took a we had a master class once from a guy that was on a cruise ship um mm. I'll never forget Thaddeus Cervantes <laughs> like he was and he said it like that every time Thaddeus but same like it was a different I never had a teacher that kind of like had that experience or style or like that background right and it was completely new for our studio to like have somebody like that so it was it was really fun and interesting and I think he had like maybe five or six years on a on wow. a ship he was yeah and you know things. and the shows that are on ships sure if it's an older ship the show isn't going to be as spectacular but they're all really really good mm -hmm. and then you go to the bigger ships the budgets that these companies these is these are multi-billion dollar companies with insane budgets wow the budgets that they allocate for their production showrooms are out of control <laughs> almost no other theater that you're ever going to go to that's going to be as high tech as a ship theater i think the closest thing that you might find would be a cirque du soleil show that's, um, there is there's so much tech because it, it's also floating in the ocean so they have mm. to take other safety precautions and yeah the way they do uh flies and things have to be on tracks and automations it's crazy but yeah. a lot of people don't think that and i've spoken to so many people they're like yeah i did ships and i went on i was blown away at the tech like, yeah <laughs> and they're that fun so and it's funny. fun to be part of a concert <laughs> be part of a cast where you have all of that kind of tech and that yeah. kind of set behind you and then beautiful costumes it's i i love shows. every every day is a beyonce concert essentially <laughs> um dane if you could tell our listeners where they can find your podcast and more about you um and then we're gonna go ahead and do our recap of the show and and judge whether or not it was the way or not the way Cool. I've got a surprise. All right, so it's going to be the way. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so if you want to come check out You Booked It podcast, it's pretty easy. Just search You Booked It literally anywhere you listen to podcasts. It'll pop up. Subscribe and check it out. If you want to check me out on Instagram, you can go to You Booked It podcast or YouBookedItPodcast.com if you want to go to the website, if you're a website kind of person. And check it out it is literally the number one resource of expertise on the subject of how to create a successful career in this industry so if you are an aspiring professional entertainer you want to have a career in the entertainment industry you are currently a professional entertainer or you're an educator in the arts or the entertainment industry i would make this podcast required listening for yourself or your students because the amount of insight and value and actionable insight that is given by every single guest is truly invaluable to your career so make sure you subscribe listen to the episodes you will not regret it that was awesome i'm a fan Thank already you. i know but... seriously we've already got so many shows that we're ready to, to listen to like <laughs> so very quickly let's go ahead and recap our episode um most memorable casting calls the, the way, way. <laughs> still still blown away by like, that incredible the situation wasn't the way right but like the story yeah. yeah exactly all that stress but oh man 
<laughs> that's like Kobe when he had. Mm, I'm not doing it. Yeah, Never don't mind. Do that. I take it back. I don't We're need to cry today. Out. Oh, uh, <laughs> a review and discussion <laughs> of the You Booked It podcast. Definitely the way. Absolutely. Again, you, yeah, no, you are so you are definitely knowledgeable about what you do and what you're talking about. So I'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes for you. Um, and I really well, like your you. your style of asking all of the same questions yes. to all of your guests to get different perspective on the same issues. Like people are wondering the same thing, but might have a completely different situation. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really yeah. great as well. Yeah, definitely going to be the way. Oh, thank you. And we asked them, like, see, how to succeed in the entertainment industry during COVID and all that kind of stuff. Definitely the way you and again. to come. Yeah. I like, I like that you're hopeful for the future because it right now and it feels hard, but it's like, what's the alternative? Yeah. Really? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning into this week's episode of The Way with Jazz and Tay featuring Dane Reese. Hey. We, we will see you guys next week. As always, thank you so much for tuning into The Way. Catch you next week. Same time, same place. Follow us on Instagram at The Way Jazz and Tay and on Twitter at The Way JT. Don't be afraid to DM us if you have any questions or suggestions about the show. Until next time, bye. Peace.